Hello, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hop Union. This is the 11th episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Steve, we made it into June. It's like we're an early season call-up. We didn't get sent down. We're still at it in June. We're playing uh, playing serious baseball here. We, we are, and it's a great time to be a Seattle Mariner fan. Uh, we uh, took care of the Astros yesterday down there in Houston. And uh, it's a, a fun time. I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but we're going to enjoy being in first place in the division as long as uh, we can. The Mariners are, are a, on a great roll right now, beating Keiko last night. That was impressive. And then pretty much destroying them, 7-1. That was a good game. So. Yes, we, we uh, took on the uh, brewmaster, uh, Dallas <laughs> Keuchel, and uh, we're able one. to beat him. Yeah. I still, it just amazes me to look at that ballpark and figure out how in the world you can build bleachers right out there in the middle of left field and still make it work. But right. uh, at least they don't have that god-awful hill out in center field they used to have. Right. That was, right. That was terrible. But no, it's been, it's, it, it's been in a pretty uh, exciting year for baseball with all of the teams that are doing really well that weren't quite expected to do as well as they are. And uh, the Mariners are a good example of that. They had a good core, but they're really playing well. But another team that's really remarkable this year are the Atlanta Braves. Absolutely. First place by a game, and uh, they're playing some great baseball. They got that great young team uh, and a a couple of core veterans around them, but really remarkable. And so uh, we're really excited today. Uh, We've got – Mike Bukowski from Terrapin Brewing in in Athens, Georgia, uh, with us on our podcast today. Uh, Spike, welcome to uh, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on today. I'm pretty excited. Uh, so yeah, you, I mean, you got uh, the old veterans, Freddie Freeman and uh, Nick Marquesas, and uh, and then my old our old Twins catcher, Kurt Suzuki. But you got a great young core of uh, of players at the Braves, and that's must be really exciting to watch these guys playing ball. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, when the when they um, when they built the stadium, the the inaugural year last year, uh, I was at a meeting where the Braves owners came out and started talking about the team, and they said it would be three years before you saw them do anything. So we're pretty excited. It's only been the second year, so bring it on. Who's uh, who's your favorite young player on that team? Oh man, there's so many. Um, gosh, I don't know <laughs> you know everybody's hitting walk-off home runs i mean it's just been a fantastic season so. yeah. yeah i know that uh, atlanta you know I, I guess this was in conjunction with building the new stadium and and uh, building a, a team that could uh, fill the seats but uh I, I was scratching my head a couple of years ago when they're trading players like jason hayward and mm. Andrelton Simmons, you know, he plays for the Angels. We have to put up with him in the AL West now on a regular basis. But uh, he actually started off with the Braves as well. So the fact that they uh, got rid of some of those good young players and have still built a team that's uh, currently in first place uh, in the uh, National League East is amazing. And it must break your heart too, uh, Spike, to see uh, the Mets struggling (laughs) after having been off to a good start, right? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't care about the Mets, so it's all good. Well, the uh, the new GM Steve is the guy that used to be in uh, Toronto. Is that right? Uh, gosh, I can't remember his Not name. Not sure where he came from. Do you know um, Spike uh, by chance where the general manager was before? I think it was uh, the guy that mm. built those good Blue Jays teams. Uh, anyway, 
the Braves are Braves are doing really well, just uh, just slightly ahead of the Phillies. But uh, yeah, man, what a good what a good place to uh, to be. And and are you uh, are you selling your beer right at the new stadium, Spike? We are. We actually have uh, a little brew pub or brewery inside the stadium. Um, so it's been fantastic. We've got a little, uh, five barrel system in there with, uh, with 10 barrel fermenters. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we serve a lot of beer out of that, out of that tasting room and we're actually teamed up, um, with Fox brothers barbecue and they do all the food there and it's uh, probably the best barbecue in Atlanta. So we're, we're happy to have them involved with us there. Spike, we're actually enjoying a glass of chopsecutioner. Wood aged IPA. Uh, tell us a little bit about that beer. Yeah, so uh, if you guys know uh, the history of Terrapin, our, our flagship IPA is called the Hopsecutioner. Mm-hmm. And it's 7.2% ABV. And, you know, 7.2 ABV at a baseball game, you know, trying to drink one of those at a baseball game, especially down south in Georgia, uh, where it's 90 degrees and 100% humidity, uh, it's a pretty, pretty tough feat. So when we got involved with the Braves, um, you know, they wanted to do a beer for the team, so to speak. So um, we came up with something called Chopsecutioner. Um, And the crazy part is probably about three or four years ago, our salesperson, one of our salesperson made these little stickers and they took the Hopsecutioner logo and they put a little uh, tomahawk bat in its hands and they were going to go around and stick them uh in the old brave stadium and i and we had to basically slap his hand and say uh the braves have a lot of money they'll probably sue us if you start defacing <laughs> the property with these chopsecutioner uh stickers so lo and behold uh a year and a half or so ago uh when we uh got the brewery in there uh we decided to finally do the chopsecutioner and the cool thing about it it's basically a baby hopsecutioner but the twist is um, we approached Mizuno because Mizuno, um, they basically do all the gear for the Braves. So we had wood chips flown in from the Mizuno bat factory and we actually aged the chops Kushner, uh, on the Mizuno bat chips um, to get this <laughs> oh, nice amazing. little wood flavor in the IPA. And it's pretty fantastic. So. Are, are you using a Mizuno bat as your mash uh, paddle for, for making this beer as well? <laughs> no, on a hundred barrel system, that'd be kind of futile. So. But it looks yeah. like, uh, I mean, you've got the, you've got a, a, a terrapin, a left-handed terrapin swinging at a hop. It looks a little bit like Chipper Jones. Was that uh, who you had in mind, or it just happened to be the stance the guys got, or the the, the turtles uh, got there? Yeah, actually, it's kind of interesting because our our artist Richard Biffle, who draws all the turtles, um, you know, our when when our flagship beer came out, our very first beer we ever did, uh, the Rye Pale Ale. The banjo, the turtle banjo, uh, or the banjo playing turtle is left-handed as well. So I guess he likes to do left-handed uh, turtles, but I think it's better for the label. I think for, for a right-handed batter, it might have obscured some of the picture. Um, but I'm not a graphic, or I'm not an, an artist, so... But you, you so guys I, have so some great... Uh, I was going to say, your, your, your portfolio of cans or labels is, is, is really quite special. How, how did uh, you come up with the name of Terrapin Beer Company? 
Well, uh, all those years ago in college, uh, I used to follow the Grateful Dead. Um, so ah. when I went, I went to school up up north in Turbine Connecticut. Station. So okay. I used, to, yep. yeah. Okay. So I used to hit a lot of shows up north, and uh, yeah, one of my favorite albums was Terrapin Station, and um, took the name from that. And you know, we're not putting like a warthog on the label or something, some mean type of animal. I mean, it's a turtle, so right. it's friendly and. You know, I think people really relate to, to turtles, and, um, you know, they're peaceful, and slow and steady wins the race. So, um, yeah, I think turtles are cool. So, so Buck, on the, uh, or uh, Spike, on the uh, Chopsecutioner, mm-hmm. it says you've got six types of hops. I'm yep. going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to guess there's some Simcoe and maybe some Amarillo in there. And you can that tell me. That would be a if... very, very good guess. Okay. <laughs> yep. So that's two of them. Um, what are the other four? We've got some Warrior. Awesome. Some Centennial. Good. Uh, dry hopped with Cascade. Oh, amazing. Yep, yep. It's, it's, a, it's a very nice, uh, very nice hot bill and uh, very enjoyable beer. And you, you can pick up, I didn't know it was bat chips, but you can pick up the, kind of that wood-aged uh, flavor in the background. So... Wonderful concept for a beer, and uh, well done. And we're, we're Thank pre- you very much. We're yeah. pretending we're on the East Coast uh, <laughs> so to make sure we're drinking beer after 12 o'clock here today, but it's a nice beer, right. and uh, right. could see very how it would really uh, serve well at a baseball stadium. It's a nice beer, uh, Spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Chinook. Don't forget Chinook. There is a little Chinook in there as well. Okay. So. Oh, okay. That would be number six. Yeah. So. Very cool. What else you got going with your brewery these days? What do you what's uh, what's what's exciting going on either at the stadium or in Athens in terms of your what you're serving your your customer base? Well, you kind of brought it up. Um, you know, you said that the left-handed battery you, 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 it was reminiscent of uh, of Chipper Jones, and we are actually going to brew a beer for chippers hall of fame induction oh cool so that's going to be brewed at the brew lab first uh, and that'll probably supply a bunch of accounts around in the brew lab and of course on tap there and then we're going to do a couple big batches here at terrapin so uh, we're going to put out some limited edition uh halt chipper hall of fame uh cans for that so that's really really exciting um we just uh installed couple new vessels here a uh, couple about a month uh, two months ago um and what that allows us to do is we can now sour as we do a couple sours we can sour at the same time that we are actually doing uh that we're actually brewing so before we would have to like sour over the weekend or you know basically stop production um but now we can do sours while we while we brew so that's pretty fantastic um but uh, watermelon goes is out right now, which we use real watermelon um, in our other sours called Tea Time, uh, which is kind of like an Arnold Palmer Berliner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our, our year-round sour is a uh, is a Goza, um, good to Goza. It's kind of a, a traditional Goza with some uh, grapefruit peel. Very nice. And then I guess our biggest our, our biggest beer that we're putting out this year, we're bringing something back called Gamma Ray, which is kind of like a, a wheat wine. So it's about 11% uh, ABV, uh, huge wheat wine that we're doing. So that uh, should be brewing next week. And what sort of barrelage are you on target for this year, and uh, how does that compare to, uh, to last year's spike? Uh, our goal is to hit 95, so... Um, 
we we just had one of our biggest months uh, last month. I think we did like 9,300 barrels mm-hmm. um, last month. Um, and last year we did about 82,000 barrels. So really, oh wow, very impressive growth yet. And is mm-hmm. most of that uh, within Georgia or have you expanded uh, much more broadly past the state borders now? Uh, we're in 17 states right now. Um, I believe our newest uh, territory we got in is Milwaukee. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's growing. Um, it's it's challenging because there's so many distributors you have to deal with, and of course, you know, as as uh, craft brewing grows out there, um, there's some great local breweries out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think as you expand your market. Uh, it's it's a little tougher these days to compete because there's so many local breweries. Um, so I think your product really has to stand on its own uh, to compete with the, the fresh beer that's coming out locally. And in Georgia itself, uh, how are the distribution laws for you? Is it uh, relatively complicated or simple, or how would you describe it? It's a it? three, yeah, sorry, it's a three-tier system. Um, so we have to go through a distributor. They just passed a law um uh, last year, so basically we can start to sell beer out of the brewery. Um, so it's one case per person per day, where before um, you had to come in and you were uh, required to take a tour of the brewery, and then we were not able to sell you beer. We'd actually have to give it away. So you'd, you, basically what you would do is you would buy a pint glass, and then we, we'd give you six tickets. Each ticket was worth uh, four ounces of beer because you couldn't give away over 36 ounces ah, per yeah. tour. <laughs> so, yeah, one of those archaic laws. But it, it is starting to loosen up a little bit here in Georgia. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited about about the laws that we can finally sell pints of beer at the bar, and then, you know, we can sell beer to go. So things are, things are changing. I think that's one thing that we've seen over the years down in the south is there's been some, uh, some laws in place that uh, – uh, are loosening up a little bit, and and I think uh, in general what we hear from our customers is that uh, that's a positive for uh, for craft beer, and uh, glad glad to see that uh, trend continue. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a you know it's an important law for for the newcomers. I mean, it's just you know you're setting up a smaller brewery. Um, you know, it's hard to get in front of a distributor and, and have them take notice when they have a portfolio of 30, 40, 50 other craft brews in their portfolio. So the law makes it, um, you know, where you can actually sell beer at your facility. Uh, at least you can keep the lights on um, and make some money until you do find that distributor and do get on your feet. So, yeah, positive. Well, with you guys uh, doing doing such great things there in Georgia, along with a few others up and down that southeast coast, uh, whether it's Creature Comforts or uh, Wicked Weed or, or whoever, I mean, uh, what we've seen uh, year on year, too, is some pretty phenomenal growth in our hop sales and shipments to the southeast of the United States. Uh, do, you, do you get the sense, Spike, that uh, we're finally really getting kind of a, a stronger following uh, throughout the region, you know, compared to the more traditional areas along the west coast uh yes i I think it's i think it's twofold right so you know when i went to brewing school in 96 and learned how to brew in the early 90s um you know you had these big bitter ipas right so now as you turn towards these 
not so bitter, juicy IPAs. I mean, where are you throwing all those hops? You're throwing them all in the whirlpool and dry hopping, right? So, you know, usually if I was making an, um, an IPA, a traditional IPA using, I don't know, let's just say 150 pounds of hops in a 100 barrel batch, now you're looking, you know, 300, 350 pounds. So I think it's twofold. I think, I think the, the, the styles that are changing to more of these juicy pale and IPAs are, are obviously, um, you know, demanding more and more hops from you guys. So, mm-hmm. and, and of course the growth of breweries, right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and do you get a, do you get the feeling, uh, with your customers that are coming really into your tap rooms that they're, you know, gravitating more towards those juicy IPAs or is it, is that just a new England phenomenon or is it, are you really feeling it there in Georgia as well? Yeah, I think you're seeing it in Georgia as well. Um, you know, you, you try to play to your consumer. Um, but for, for a brewery like us, I mean, trying to put one of those on the market and have them be shelf stable is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do something called Cumulus Lupulus, which is brewed in a traditional New England style IPA, and it is unfiltered. Um, you just have to watch. You just have to watch it uh, on the shelf and in the lab um, because those beers change, as mm-hmm. you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, so where they used to be a lot more bitter forward, yeah, they can change. But, you know, the bittering hops, uh, it's a lot different change than it is when you're looking for those juicy, bright, citrusy notes that kind of roll off. Uh, after a couple weeks to a month on the shelf or in a can or something like that. I think that's why you see a lot of these New England IPAs. I mean, they've got four-hour lines outside the door. These people come in, they buy those beers and crawlers, you know, straight off the bright tanks, and boom, mm-hmm. they're consumed within a, you know, within a day or two, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's just a different market for us because we produce a lot of beer. So, you know, filtration's our friend, <laughs> you know, for shelf stability. Yeah. That's yeah. right, and sounds to me like it's pretty good for cash flow too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, when they're yeah. getting eighteen, twenty dollars for uh, a four pack of sixty ounce cans yep. uh, with no distributor, uh, yep. that's that's nice. That's a positive. How many mm-hmm. how many people on your brewing team, Spike, and uh, how how you know what's the the average length of of time with you at Terrapin for that team? Um, gosh, we just hired another guy yesterday, so we've got about ten. Mm-hmm. On the brewing side, um, depending on demand, we're usually 24-5. Sometimes we have to go 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we've got about 10, 10 guys and a couple part-timers um, for weekend work and things like that. Um, but total, um, you know, company-wide plus tour staff and all that, we've probably got about 115 to 120 employees. Nice. And the people that are serving the beer at the at the baseball stadium, do they have to know as much about uh, your beer as they do about baseball? Do you put them through a little test? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's kind of great because I have a brewmaster there, and then I have a a, a brewer lead um, there, and then we've got another guy, and that's all he does is basically do all the server lineups and then tours and beer dinners. And, you know, so if accounts want to come in, let's just say, I don't know, Publix or Kroger wants to come in and, you know, eat at the restaurant and take a brewery tour. Mark is the guy who sets that up. So so my brewers have don't have to deal with all that. They can concentrate on, on brewing the beer. So, yes, the, the staff is very, very well educated um, at the pub. Well, the other thing that, uh, you know, I – 
growing up when I did and my age, when I thought of, when I think of Athens, Georgia, I think of REM and the B-52s. I mean, you've got uh, a great legacy of, of good bands down there as well. Yeah, and don't, you know, don't forget widespread panic for all those hippie jam band guys out there <laughs> and gals. Um, but yeah, um, the Athens music scene is is fantastic. And, you know, the Georgia Theater, the 40 Watt, I mean, you know, Classic Center. I mean, I've, I've seen music all over all over Athens, so it, it's it's very vibrant. And, you know, when you do live in a university town, um, you know, it's young and uh, you can feel the energy downtown, so... Right now they're on vacation, which is really nice, so I can park easily downtown, so it's good. <laughs> I, I know, Spike, when I was down there with Ryan and Michael, uh, it's almost two years ago now, it was just mm-hmm. a pleasure to be down there, not only to meet you and to visit the brewery, but to, to spend a little bit of time in Athens, and you really get that small-town, college-town vibes, and uh, mm-hmm. very, very enjoyable. And, and I know, I mean, you get this back to baseball a little bit, I know one of the things that we talked about was uh, how busy you were and the fact that you weren't able to get uh, to as many Braves games as you wanted to. I'm just wondering uh, how that's worked out here uh, uh, recently. Have you been able to make it out to any games? And uh, do you have plans to, to uh, get out there this summer? Yep, yep. I have been uh, just to one. I've been more to the brew lab and things like that without going to games. Um, but yeah, I've uh, got my dad coming in um, this year, so we're going to go to a game. I've got some other people that want to go to the game, and I think the Abbott brothers are playing after the game, so we're going to do that. Um, you know, if for, for your audience, I'm actually about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, from the stadium, so I'm in Athens, where where the where the SunTrust Park is right outside of Atlanta. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little challenging for me to get there, especially when I'm trying to keep my eye on the the ball here. I mean, trying to produce 95,000 barrels a year, where you know the Brew Lab will be lucky if we do about a thousand to 1,200 barrels. So so yeah, I spend most of my time up in Athens, but yeah, I do love the park. Um, and, you know, for the people out there that, who don't understand what the battery is, um, it's a baseball. So it's SunTrust Park, but then surrounding the park in the same complex, there's all kinds of restaurants and stores and bars that basically surround uh, the stadium. So it's really nice to just go around it if you want to get a, you know, you want to get a pizza or some Mexican or barbecue and go shopping and things like that. It's all in that one area called the battery. So it's pretty. It's a pretty new concept. And can people access uh, your your brew pub at the stadium without uh, there being a game day, or do they have to wait for a game day to get in? No. And what's really cool about our facility is, yes, you know, you can go in there any day, but on game day, you can enter and exit into the stadium. So we actually have a door where it we're connected right to the baseball stadium. Oh, nice. So, you know, even if you wanted to leave your seat and get up and then walk to the pub, let's just say there was something on draft um, uh, at the brew lab that wasn't on draft at the stadium. You can walk into the brew lab, grab a a pint and then walk back out in the stadium. So it's pretty fantastic. That's pretty it's pretty exciting. We've talked about this a few times this year since we've had several um, different breweries that are around um, baseball stadiums. But. The ability for a baseball fan to now really get a, a really good craft beer uh, at so many different stadiums is pretty exciting. I mean, we all remember the day where, 
you know, you'd go along, there were one or two choices, and, and, and that was it, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's, it's pretty exciting to be able to have this kind of uh, flexibility for, for beer fans. Yeah, I would have to agree, you know, as the, you know, as the, the uh, palate uh, for craft beer uh, seems to be just still on fire, then why not? I mean, people are going to walk into stadiums or wherever they are uh, and ask for a craft beer or more fl- flavorful beer. Uh, so I think you're just going to see the trend continue. Are you going to make it up to Yakima this uh, this harvest season, Spike? I am planning on it, absolutely. So uh, that's always a fun time. Um, you know, you got you to gotta go out there and, and, and party with all you guys. You know? So it's, <laughs> it's the big time of the year and go to Sports Center and, uh, you know, we got to do all that, get lotusized and uh, have a good time. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully, it's uh, the Braves are still in the thick of the pennant race at that time. Uh, Spike, we've we've really enjoyed having you on today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to come on to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Keep making that great beer, and uh, look forward to 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 buying you a beer at Sports Center when you get out here this fall. Awesome, awesome guys. Thanks for having hey, me. I do appreciate it. W- one uh, sign-off note here, Spike. Uh, here at YCH, we're wishing you nothing but good hops. <laughs> so you Thanks can take lot, that man. for brewing or baseball either way but uh <laughs> well good good know, luck we... and keep making great beer absolutely thank you so much guys Pre- well steve i mean it'd be exciting to keep uh keep the uh the, these these underdog teams going all season long right I oh mean, absolutely it's, it's the braves or i mean you know even the phillies but the the the, the, the mariners the rockies are still hanging kind of right around in there my my poor twins are still struggling a bit but they're starting to hit a little bit again after after some bad spot there but that's it's actually a pretty exciting baseball season there's nothing that's uh, a lock and uh, you know apart from a few of the teams everybody else is right still in it's pretty fun yeah it, it's baseball and and the mariners uh, i would not be disappointed if it was atlanta seattle world series yeah uh, you never know what's going to happen um they've got uh they've won a lot of one-run ball games this year and uh that's uh, they're kind of bucking the trend there, but uh, you know that that's just a uh, to be a characteristic of having a great bullpen. You got guys that can come in and hold that lead for you, even if yep. it's a one-run lead. That's and, a big uh, deal. Yep. Um, Who would have thought with uh, Robbie Cano out of the lineup that the the Mariners would be accelerating he, here? Yeah, know? they've won 16 out of 21 since uh, his uh, exit from the uh, uh, the team this year. And uh, they should, they're projected to getting back for a few games at the end of the season, but won't be able to use them for playoffs. Yeah, yeah. won't be able to use them for the playoffs if, if we make it. There's still a lot of baseball to be played. I think there's still 100 games to go, but uh, it's fun now. How did the, uh, how'd the Mariners do in the draft? I, I saw my twins, they took, uh, they took hitters through the first couple of rounds. How did the, uh, the yeah, Mariners do? Th- the number one draft pick was uh, a pitcher from uh, Stetson. Mm. Uh, and I think Stetson's still in the college playoffs, so they mm. get a pretty nice uh, yeah. uh, baseball tradition there. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, I think, came from there, mm. as well as uh, uh, Corey Kluber actually huh. pitched there as well. So they, they've... Uh, They're developing some good pitchers. Yeah. So. Well, the Twins took a first-rounder, was an outfielder from Oregon State, so maybe he'll know a little bit about beer. So Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Those guys down there—they've got a fermentation science department. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, we're uh, we're uh, we're now into June. Uh, what's going on out in the hot fields uh, in the last week here, Steve? 
I've been out a little bit, uh, looking forward to this weekend to actually get out and look a little closer to what's going on here in the valley, but uh, I see a lot of variability out there. We're, we're through with the training season, um, everything's on the vine and, and growing. Um, the babies that were planted uh, to replace some varieties that have maybe fallen out of favor a little bit uh, look fairly good to me, mm-hmm. uh, And uh, but just a lot of variability. I mean, you see... Uh, I saw a Cascade Yard driving around uh, Tuesday afternoon that was almost to the uh, uh, top of the trellis already, and that's a little bit early. I'm, I'm a little concerned about early Is that, is early that a going. function of uh, both some early heat and maybe a little bit tighter labor supply, not able to, to, to call them back, or what is it that causes that variation? I've heard from a few growers that labor is an issue this year, and they wish they had more people out there to help uh, help with training. And uh, they've had to rely more on kind of what we call self-training, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the vines kind of training themselves. We haven't had, typically we'll have some uh, uh, pretty severe winds in the spring, you know, during training that'll blow the vines off. We really haven't had that so much this year, so mm-hmm. it's, it's worked. But... Uh, we're going to be watching it close. Uh, there just appears to be quite a bit of variability out there that uh, normally we don't see. And I know uh, last time we had spoken, you were waiting to get some feedback from Europe. What's uh, what are you hearing now? It's uh, without being alarmist. It's a uh, little little. Yeah, we heard at the craft brew conference in Nashville from some of our German friends that uh, uh, they they uh, r- really didn't have much of a spring. Went right to winter to to really hot weather. Uh, they got a little bit the month of May uh, since uh, since CBC. They got a little bit of rain towards the middle of the year, or middle of the month, excuse me. Uh, but uh, it looks like uh, uh, there's still some concern about uh, that German crop. So yeah. we'll, we'll keep a close eye on that and uh, make sure that our listeners are informed as we uh, go through the season. Yeah, we, uh, we see a little bit on the hop demand side. There's a, a little bit of renewed interest from some, for some more alpha. Mm-hmm. And so for those uh, those bigger uh, breweries that are using uh, a fair amount of alpha, they must be monitoring pretty closely what's going on in Europe and thinking maybe it's time to add just a little bit of coverage is the way it feels at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's good uh, that uh, they're feeling that way. We'll, we'll know more probably in about a month in terms of what the, sure, the crop's going to yeah. look like. Yep. Um, uh, I've seen crops like this recover yep. almost fully, and then I've seen them go the other way as well. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yep. uh, Good reminder that it's an agricultural product and uh, still dependent on weather. It's... Uh, Yep, nothing, nothing guaranteed about anything. Well, uh, let's uh, get together again next week. I think we've got some more exciting uh, podcasts coming up, but uh, let's uh, see what goes on. It's finally getting warm, and uh, people are drinking beer, so that's a good thing, and baseball is fun, which is, the, which is important as well. Yep. <laughs> All right, thanks, Steve. You bet. Bye.